Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. As always, I am your host, Daniel Gundlach. No preaching here, no lecturing, well, maybe just a tiny bit of each, but the primary spotlight will always be on the singers that enrich and enhance our lives, no matter what is going on in the world around us. Thanks for joining me. And now, this week's episode. Hello, my beloved listeners. I have something out of the ordinary for you today. Out of the ordinary, both in terms of the type of singer that I normally present on the podcast, and also simply out of the ordinary because this artist that we're going to hear today is truly exceptional. Those were the distinctive tones of Buffy St. Marie. I have two different reasons that I'm presenting her specifically to you today. First of all, of course, yesterday was U.S. American Thanksgiving. On that particular day, I remember that to the indigenous peoples of the United States, Thanksgiving is hardly cause for gratitude and celebration, but rather a day of mourning. Further to that, a week ago, I was so distressed at the verdict in Kenosha, in my home state of Wisconsin, that I returned to the two episodes that I posted in May and June of 2020, at the time of the uprisings that followed upon the police murder of George Floyd. One of the singers that I presented on the first of those episodes, was Buffy St. Marie. In all honesty, hers was a name that I knew and had known from the time that I was a child, but she remained for me an artist about whom I knew really very little. I had bought a compilation CD probably 20, 25 years ago, but her distinctive sound did not sit well on my ears. 
But once I had determined that I was going to feature her on this week's episode, I spent the entire week with her voice on constant rotation. I also ordered a copy of the exceptional authorized biography of Buffy St. Marie that was published in 2018. The author is the Canadian music journalist Andrea Warner. It only arrived in the mail yesterday evening, and I spent the entire morning reading the book cover to cover. I simply couldn't put it down. I had already been listening to a lot of interviews with Buffy St. Marie, and I learned a lot on those interviews, but I learned even more reading this biography. Before I get going on the story of Buffy St. Marie's life, let's just sample the title track of her first album, It's My Way, from 1964. I'm cutting my own way through my own day, and all I dare say is it's my own. I got my own seeds, got my own weeds, I got my own harvest that I've sown. I can tell you things I've done, and I could sing you songs I've sung. But there's one thing I can't give, for I and I. I've grown got away I'm going and it's my way There's so much to tell you about Buffy St. Marie. She has been an exceptional presence on the musical scene for nearly 60 years. She is the first indigenous person to have won an Oscar as co-composer of the song Up where we belong, which is primarily known as a power ballad that was used in the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. But let's sample Buffy's own version of this, which takes a much gentler approach and proves to be inspired, as so much of her music is, by the forces of nature and Mother Earth. I wrote this little melody sitting in my piano one day, and it went on to have a life of its own thanks to Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warren. This is the songwriter's version of Up Where We Belong.
from the worlds we know Up where the clear winds blow St. Marie was born in February 1941 in Saskatchewan at an early age and under circumstances that remain murky because of lack of documentation. She was adopted by a U.S. American family that lived in Maine. The family was lower middle class and apparently white, although Buffy's adoptive mother, Winnie, identified herself as part Micmac. She encouraged her adopted daughter, whose birth name was Beverly, to explore her indigenous heritage. In spite of the presence of her very supportive mother, the household was a dangerous one for Buffy, and she encountered mental and sexual abuse on the part of two different family members. She found solace in music, however. She began diddling on the piano and improvising at the age of three and never received formal musical training. And musical inspirations for her came from such disparate places as Tchaikovsky and Edith Piaf. Another artist who inspired her was the flamenco dancer and singer Carmen Amaya. In this 1965 recording of a self-penned song called The Fisherman, or Los Pescadores, we hear the closet flamenco singer in Buffy. My feet, they are naked, my hands on my hips. My eyes to the ocean and open my lips. They come with a crash on the crest of a roar And they're out of their boats and they're onto the shore Eeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
but she continued to develop her interest in and inner life surrounding music. Once she began her college study at UMass Amherst, she began gradually to compose her own songs and to occasionally play them in informal gatherings for college friends. Upon graduating from UMass with a double major in Eastern philosophy and education, she moved to New York, where she immediately became active in the folk music scene. Her original intention was to raise enough money to be able to go to India to study philosophy there. But as it turned out, things didn't exactly transpire that way. A very positive review in the New York Times brought her to the attention of a larger public, and eventually she was signed to Vanguard Records, with whom she was associated for the next 10 years. In 1962, as she was traveling through San Francisco on her way to Canada, she encountered some injured soldiers, and upon questioning them, she was told that they were being flown in from Vietnam, where they had been injured in combat. At the time, the U.S. government was denying any involvement in Vietnam, and this revelation got Buffy to thinking and inspired her to write the song Universal Soldier which became an anthem of the anti-war movement and the first of her songs to be covered and recorded by other artists. This was a centerpiece of her first album for Vanguard Records, It's My Way. We're going to hear now a live performance from 1971 of that song. He's five foot two and he's six feet four. He fights with missiles and with spears He's all of 31 and he's only 17 He's been a soldier for a thousand years He's a Catholic, a Hindu, an atheist, a Jain A Buddhist and a Baptist and a Jew 
And he knows he shouldn't kill And he knows he always will kill you for me, my friend, and me for you And he's fighting for Canada, he's fighting for France He's fighting for the USA And he's fighting for the Russians and he's fighting for Japan And he thinks we'll put an end to war this way And he's fighting for democracy and fighting for the Reds He says it's for the peace of all He's the one who must decide who's to live and who's to die And he never sees the writing on the wall But without him, how would Hitler have condemned him at Dachau? Without him, Caesar would have stood alone He's the one who gives his body as a weapon to a war And without him, all this killing can't go on He's the universal soldier, and he really is to blame His orders come from far away no more They come from him and you and me And brothers, can't you see This is not the way we put an end to war Buffy has continued to write, sing, and record anti-war songs. And I'm going to play three further ones for you from different points in her career. First, from 1971, and an album which she referred to as probably the worst of her career, She Used to Want to Be a Ballerina, comes what I find to be a truly extraordinary song called Moratorium. It tells its own story. Captain Collier came home He'd been fighting the war And I guess that he thought he'd return as a hero and more And he walked down the streets of the old hometown And he saw how it is around here now Well, Captain Collier had to call Far too many girls for a date that night See, all the girls had gone out with their long-haired boys Captain Collier, he cried Well, what the hell have I been fighting for? Oh, soldier, it's for you We want to bring you home Wanna hold you in our arms Come back and keep us warm Corporal Thomas McCann Is a three-year Marine Someone told him he'd better join up It would make him a man He came home and to the park he went And he sat down on a bench And a dungaree girl told him he'd been a man all along And he looked at the sign that she carried in her hand It said, fuck the war and bring our brothers home And Corporal McCann 
that he's begun to understand now. Oh, soldier, it's for you. We want to bring you home. We need you to support us here. Come back and lend an eye. Hey, bring our brothers home. Hey, bring our brothers home. Fifty-five years after she wrote Universal Soldier, she penned this song, The War Racket, which was recorded and released in 2017 on her, to date, most recent record, Medicine Songs. You hear in this song that though her musical idiom has changed significantly, the central themes to most of her songs remains remarkably constant. Oh, you're slick, you investors in hate. You sedams and you bushes. You been Latins and snakes. You billionaire bullies. You're a globalized curse. You put war on the masses and then you clean out the purse. And that's how it's done. Time after time. Country after country, and crime after crime. You pretend it's religion, like there's no one to blame for the dead and impoverished in your little patriot game. Honey, that's the war racket. That's the war racket. That's the war racket. And that's the war racket. And war is never, ever holy. It's just a greedy man's dream. And you two-faced crusaders, both sides are obscene. War is not made by God. War is just made by men who misdirect our attention while you thieves do your thing. And that's how it's done. About every 30 years, the rich fill their coffers, the poor fill with tears, the young fill the coffins, the old hang a wreath, Politicians get photographed with their names underneath. It's the war racket. It's the war racket. It's the war racket. That's the war racket. It's the war racket. That's the war racket. That's the war racket. That's the war racket. In 1970, a major Hollywood picture was made called Soldier Blue that was the first film of its kind to depict the U.S. massacre of indigenous peoples, in this case, the 1864 Sand Creek Massacre of the Cheyenne people. Additionally, because of its graphic representation of the slaughter of innocent women and children, the film was also felt to be a commentary on the My Lai massacre in Vietnam. While it's true that Soldier Blue is, in a sense, an anti-war song, 
it is also intended as a tribute to the way that the indigenous people interact with and respect Mother Earth. This version of the song is the one that was used in the 1970 soundtrack to the film. Tell your story, it's a true one, and I'll tell it like you'll understand. And I ain't gonna talk like some history man. I look out and I see land. Young and lovely, hard and strong. For 15,000 years, we've danced her praises. This song is one of many, many songs that Buffy St. Marie has written about the plight of indigenous peoples. The first example of such a song was the first track on her first release, It's My Way. When I first began listening to Buffy St. Marie, and specifically these protest songs, regarding the treatment of indigenous Americans. I assumed that Buffy St. Marie was going to be a person who proved to be full of rage, and yet her approach in these songs is simply to present facts to a wider audience, to increase their awareness, and to help supplant their ignorance. You hear that approach in the way that the listener is directly addressed in this song, Now That the Buffalo's Gone. Can you remember? 
remember the times that you have held your head high and told all your friends of your Indian claim. Proud good lady and proud good man, your great great grandfather from Indian blood sprang, and you feel in your heart for these ones. Oh, it's written. Books and in songs that we've been mistreated and wrong. Well, over and over I hear the same words from you, good lady, and you, good man. Well, listen to me if you care where we stand, and you feel you're a part of these ones. When a About Uncle Sam, or are you still taking our lands? A treaty forever George Washington signed. He did, dear lady. He did, dear man. And the treaty's being broken by Kim's or Dam. And what will you do for these ones? Oh, it's all in the past. You can say. But it's still going on here today. The government now wants the Iroquois land, that of the Seneca and the Cheyenne. It's here and it's now. You must help us, dear man. Now that the buffalo's gone. Now I'm going to present to you two performances of Buffy St. Marie on television. The first is as a guest on the Johnny Cash show from the 5th of July, 1969, in which Buffy joins Johnny in the performance of his song, Custer. It's so good. It's so nice to have you on the show, Buffy. Thank you, John. Really enjoy it. You know, uh, I'm not all Arkansas red. In my blood, it's not all Arkansas red. I got... Just a little bit of Cherokee in there. Well, that's what I hear, and I'm sure you're very proud of it, and we're very proud of you, John. Well, thank you, Bubby. But some, for some reason, I feel 100% tonight. Uh, how about you and I doing a song together, All right. okay? I think we should. Can I play along with my mouth Yeah, bowl? what have you got? A mouth bowl. It's a mouth bowl. All right, that yeah, ought to be a real soul instrument, because <laughs> it, it comes, it's, it's like wide open, isn't it? It is wide open. All right. That I ain't a fan of Custer And the general, he don't ride well anymore Well, to me, a score was zero Though to some, he was a hero And the general, he don't ride well anymore Now Custer's done his fighting Without too much excitement And the general, he don't ride well anymore Well, then he's been a-pumping When the men were out a-hunting And the general, he don't ride well anymore Oh, it 
he was swimming. He killed children, dogs, and women. But the general ain't gonna ride well anymore. Crazy horse and out to call. Two sitting bull and gold. And the general ain't gonna ride well anymore. Oh, Custer split his men. Well, he won't do that again. Well, the general ain't gonna ride well anymore. Twelve thousand warriors waited. They were unanticipated. Well, the general he don't ride well anymore. Now it's not called an Indian victory, but a bloody massacre. But the general he don't ride well anymore. Ah, there might have been more enthusiasm if us Indians had been losing. But the general he don't ride well anymore. Now General George E. Custer, all his yellow hair and luster. But the general he don't ride well anymore. Now we are going to hear a segment that was telecast on Pete Seeger's Rainbow Quest program on the 13th of September 1966. Buffy opens by describing the unique kind of patriotism that Native Americans can feel for their country. And then she launches into a full performance of the epic song, My Country, Tis of Thy People, You're Dying. When I listened to this song, and particularly this specific performance, I can scarcely breathe And I find myself choking on tears as I listen. And in fact, you can hear Buffy herself choking back her tears as she relates some of the more grim facts depicted in this song. I think that people fail to realize that there's a a unique and very deep kind of patriotism that that an Indian can feel that perhaps a non-Indian never can experience. And yet... There's not only a patriotism, but there is a a justified bitterness on the part of some Indians who have not only lost their lands in less than fair fights, but whose children are then forced to be sent away from them to go to schools far away from, from home and who learn things that aren't true and who learn a distorted or one sided history of the United States. So often these Indian kids just grow up with the entirely wrong idea and I would like very much to see the history books corrected so that so that there's a a justified amount of space given to the true history of the American Indians which has never been told I think that most Americans feel that um, that the Indians lost because of fair fights and superior odds and superior weaponry that's because that's the only side of the story that's been told I'll sing you a song that Tells a little of the other side. Now that your big eyes are finally opened, now that you're wondering how must they feel, meaning them that you've chased across America's movie screens, now that you're wondering. How can it be real that the ones you've called colorful, noble, and proud in your school propaganda, they starve in their splendor, 
You've asked for my comment, I simply will render. My country, tis of thy people, you're dying. Now that the longhouses breed superstition, you force us to send our toddlers away to your schools where they're taught to despise their traditions, forbid them their languages, then further say that American history really began when Columbus set sail out of Europe and stress that the nation of leeches that conquered this land are the biggest and bravest and boldest and best and yet where in your history books is the tale of the genocide basic to this country's birth of the preachers who lied how the Bill of Rights failed how a nation of patriots returned to their earth and where will it tell of the liberty bell as it rang with the thud over kins or mud and the brave Uncle Sam in Alaska this year my country is all thy people your made for the West with her shivering children in zero degrees blankets for your land so the treaties attest are well blankets for land is a bargain indeed and the blankets were those Uncle Sam had collected from smallpox disease dying soldiers that day and the tribes were wiped out and the history books censored a hundred years of your statesmen have felt it's better this way yet a few of the conquered have somehow survived their blood runs the redder Though jeans have been paled from the Grand Canyon's caverns to craven sad hills, the wounded, the losers, the robbed sing their tale from Los Angeles County to upstate New York. The white nation fattens while others grow lean. Ah, the tricked and evicted they know what I mean. My country is of thy people, you're dying. The past, it just crumbled. The future just threatens. Our lifeblood is shut up in your chemical tanks. And now here you come of sail in your hand and surprise in your eyes that we're lacking in thanks for the blessings of civilization you've brought us the lessons you've taught us the ruin you've wrought us 
Oh, see what our trust in America's bought us. My country, tis of thy people you're dying. Now that the pride of the sires receives charity, now that we're harmless and safe behind laws, now that my life's to be known as your heritage, now that even the graves have been robbed, now that our own chosen way is a novelty, hands on our hearts, we salute you, your victory, choke on your blue, white, and scarlet hypocrisy, pitying the blindness for you. Never seen that the eagles of war, whose wings lent you glory, they were never no more than carrion crows pushed the wrens from their nest, stole their eggs, changed their story. The mockingbird sings, it's all that she knows. Ah, what can I do? Say a powerless few with a lump in your throat and a tear in your eye. Can't you see that their poverty's profiting you? My country, tis all thy people you're dying. A less frequent genre of song in Buffy's catalog is that of the confessional song. And yet, again from her earliest recording, the song Codine is a raw example of that type of song. It was composed in response to her having been unwittingly made an addict to codeine by a doctor that she had consulted for help with a bronchial infection. Unbeknownst to her, she had become addicted to what she thought were vitamins that had been prescribed for her, and only accidentally did she find out what the true situation was. Here is a performance of that song live from the Newport Folk Festival in 1964. And my belly is craving, I go to shaking in my head. Feel like I'm dying, and I wish I was dead. If I live till tomorrow, that'll be a long time. But I'll reel and I'll fall and I'll rise on codine. And it's real, and it's real one more time. Well, when I was a young girl, I learned not to care. Head from it, I often did swear. My mother and father said whiskey's a curse. 
thousand many times worse And it's real, and it's real one more time Stay away from the cities, stay away from the towns Stay away from the man washing, holding around Stay away from the stones where the remedy is fine For better your pain than be caught on cold iron And it's real, and it's real one more time Don't forget your woman, you'll forget about Try it just once and you'll try it again. You'll forget about life, you'll forget about time. And you'll live off your days as a slave to cold iron. And it's real, and it's real one more time. And my belly is craving. I got her shaking in my head. I feel like I'm dying, and I wish I was dead. If I live till tomorrow, that'll be a long time. And I'll reel and I'll fall, and I'll die on cold iron, and it's real. And it's real one more time. A different singer-songwriter who is much more renowned for her confessional lyrics is Buffy St. Marie's fellow Saskatchewan native Joni Mitchell. These two artists have enormous respect for each other. In fact, Buffy was the first singer to ever record a song of Joni Mitchell's, even before Joni Mitchell had a recording contract. Buffy was, in fact, instrumental in helping Joni find a manager and become the iconic figure that she has become. Here is Buffy's 1967 recording of what has become a Joni Mitchell standard, The Circle Game.
Buffy St. Marie has also penned a number of songs which have gone on to become extraordinary standards. The primary one of these is the love song, Until It's Time For You To Go. This song has been covered by everyone from Bobby Darren to Margaret Whiting to Paul Anka to Carmen McRae to Chet Atkins to Cher to Elvis. In fact, Elvis's 1971 recording was one of his biggest later career hits. Many people still assume that Elvis was somehow responsible for the writing of this song, not realizing that it in fact was composed by Buffy St. Marie. The switching of gender in the song, I think, does almost irreparable damage to the lyric. But I'm going to play it for you in what I think is one of the very best versions of this song, that is by Roberta Flack, the mistress of backphrasing in this 1970 recording. You're not a dream, you're not an angel, you're a man. I am not a queen, I'm a woman. Take my hand. We'll make a space in the lives that we've planned. And here you'll stay until it's time for you to go. Yes, we're different. We're worlds apart. We're not the same. You laughed and joked at the start Like in a game You could have stayed Outside my heart But if you came And here you'll stay Stay 
until it's time for you to on a very brief excursion into the wide variety of musical styles in which Buffy St. Marie has recorded. In 1975, she recorded an extraordinary love song called Nobody Will Ever Know It's Real But You. In a more just world, this song, I think, would be as iconic a standard as is until it's time for you to go. another love song recorded in 1975 called Till I See You Again, which is 
a delightful polyglot melange that juggles English and French. I find this song just marvelous. innovator on so many different levels. In 1969, she was one of the very first artists to use electronic music in a pop music record. That release was called Illuminations, and it was merely the first example of her use of technology in her music making. I'm going to play two excerpts from that album, which, though it was a commercial failure upon its release, is now cited by many as being one of the most innovative and extraordinary recordings of its era. This song, The Angel, is not just an electronic tour de force, but also one of Buffy St. Marie's most poignant and moving songs. And I would reach out my hand as he was 
Here's another example from Illusions. This is the song, He's a Keeper of the Flame. And while it does also use elements of electronic music production, it's also just a down and dirty example of Buffy in full R&B mode. Keep her on the phone. 
Buffy has also always dabbled around the edges of country music. I mentioned Chet Atkins a few minutes ago. He actually was the co-producer of Buffy's 1968 release, I'm Gonna Be a Country Girl Again. Here's a very brief excerpt from the song Gonna Feel Much Better. Here's another, what I consider almost a novelty number, from the previous year, the song 97 Men in This Here Town, which was a release on another extraordinarily varied LP called Fire and Fleet and Candlelight. While it's hardly easy listening for the most part, I find this record to be an extraordinary display of her different musical aptitudes. Here she is in her most populist mode in the song 97 Men in This Here Town. Love you, Daddy, and I know you know You got a good thing going, Papa, don't let go Cause there are 97 men in this here town Would give a half a grand in silver just to follow me down So appreciate a dedicated baby Cause boy, you are a lucky man I'll take you down with a catfish play Bet around, baby, gonna kick all day No need to wander, no need to roam You got a full meal cooking, honey, here at home So appreciate a dedicated baby Cause boy, you are a lucky man Say I'm confused, say I'm perplexed One fella told me I was oversexed don't you believe it, cause it just ain't true You know, it's just cause I got a little crush on you So before you turn your back on me To take a look at all the other fishers in the sea Remember, plenty good a woman is a hard to find And I'm the hoochie-coochie-loving-loving kind So appreciate our dedicated baby Cause boy, you are a lucky man Remember, 97 men in this Give a half a grand in silver just to follow me down, yeah So appreciate our dedicated baby Cause boy, you are a lucky man, yeah, yeah Boy, you are a lucky man I said, cause boy, you are a lucky man Buffy St. Marie has never achieved the kind of superstardom that her fellow 60s folk artists experienced people like Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, Judy Collins. It turns out that one of the reasons for this is that Buffy, on the blacklist of two American presidents, both LBJ and Richard Nixon, her involvement in the anti-war movement and in the indigenous American movement, 
netted her ongoing surveillance on the part of the FBI and also created a context in which her career simply could not flourish in the United States. As a result, most of her releases from the 1970s simply did not receive any radio play and were not properly marketed. This does not mean that these were not exceptional recordings. I, of course, love the music of this era, and it would have been really easy for me simply to play excerpts from all of her 70s recordings, because they are so special and really appeal to me. I'm just going to play you one particularly acerbic anti-love song called Not the Love and Kind. This recording's from 1972, from her Moonshot album. number of years off from her active career to raise her son on her secluded compound in Hawaii, where she has lived for decades. It must be admitted that during this time she was also involved with some real loser males who, let's just say, were not very nice to her. In 1992, however, she had the first of numerous comeback albums or so they were dubbed at the time. This record was called Coincidence and Likely Stories, and it featured one of her most powerful songs, and the one which occupied the longest gestation period, about 16 years. This is another matter-of-fact recital of many ills and violence that have been visited upon indigenous American people. This was inspired in particular by the murder of a friend of hers. You'll hear it described in the song. This is Bury My Heart 
at Wounded Knee. Indian legislation's on the desk of a do-right congressman. Now he don't know much about the issue, so he picks up the phone and he asks advice of the senator out in Indian country. A darling of the energy companies who are ripping off what's left of the reservations. Huh. I learned a safety rule. I don't know who to thank. Don't stand between the reservation and the corporate bank. They'll send in federal tanks. It isn't nice, but it's reality. Bury my heart. release, by the way, was also extraordinary because it was the first time that a recording had been transmitted over the internet to a third party who mixed and produced the record. This was back in 1992, folks. Remember, another project in which Buffy was involved that was a further technological pathbreaker was the so-called Cradleboard Teaching Project, which was offered as a supplement to teaching in the schools and which highlighted the contributions of indigenous and aboriginal people across the globe. Eventually, in 2008, Buffy made another comeback recording. This was called Running for the Drum. Many of the songs on this record have a new brashness in sound. In fact, 
Buffy was a creator of the genre now known as powwow rock, which uses many indigenous overdubbings. We also heard some of that in Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. This song that I'm going to play for you is called No No Keshagesh, and Keshagesh is a term in Buffy's native Cree language, which basically means greedy guts, and it highlights, once again, Buffy's contention that it is greed that is the primary cause for continuing colonialism, such as we have seen in the laying of these pipelines throughout Indian territory. just as her career was gaining a foothold, Buffy, through a wonderful series of synchronicities connected with a Cree family 
in her native Saskatchewan, to which she very well may be directly related, or again, maybe not. But she was formally adopted into this family. It was this re-embracing of her Cree heritage that has been such a powerful force, especially in these later recordings that she has made over the past two decades. Another song of Buffy's that has had a fairly long gestation period and which she has recorded numerous times is Starwalker, which she, in fact, has cited as her favorite among her multitude of compositions. This song is intended as a tribute to all Native ancestors and also points a way forward for the American Indian movement. This particular iteration of the song was recorded and released in 1996. mentioned earlier Buffy's education initiative, Cradle Board. Remember that she double majored in college in Eastern philosophy and education. When Buffy found in the mid-70s that her recording career was drying up, she responded to an invitation from TV's Sesame Street to become a long-standing guest star on the show. She's probably most famous 
during that period for being the first woman to be shown breastfeeding on national television. Her son, Cody. I found an absolutely beautiful song that she wrote and performed on Sesame Street. I recognized that opening lick as something that I knew from classical music, and I listened and I listened. Was it Bartok? Was it Ravel? Was it Debussy? And finally, I recognized it as the opening motif in the first of Debussy's Trois Nocturnes, Nuages, Clouds. And this is a song about the phases of the moon, so it's very appropriate. This is the moon that was originally telecast on Sesame Street in 1975. The moon is full. It's bright and round, but in a few days I have found A shadow covers half its face So there's a half moon in its place It shines away this half a moon But time goes by and very soon the moon's become a crescent shape How did the rest of it escape? A waning moon, a slender slice of silver on the winter ice The moon that once shone full and bright is just a shadow in Full moon is now so small it hardly gives a light at all And only stars to shine on me And there's no moon at all to see But wait a while, go out and then start looking at the stars again is back and riding high and growing bigger in the sky. Another song of Buffy's from the mid 1970s, which expresses hope. For the future generations is indeed a song called Generation. Just wanna 
If you become a supporter of mine, you will gain access to all of the bonus episodes that I have already produced, and there will be more on the way. I've just been unexpectedly taken up with other things. But if you want to become a supporter, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can easily pledge your support and receive my profound gratitude as well as access to all 30 of the bonus episodes that I have so far produced. It's time to start winding down, but I have so enjoyed bringing the extraordinary Buffy St. Marie to you today. Perhaps you were already a big fan. If you were like me, someone who was in dire need of education, then I hope that this episode has provided you with a bit of that. From her most recent recording... Medicine Songs. Here is a song called You Got to Run, where she is joined by another indigenous performer from a younger generation, Tanya Taka. There have been a number of times in Buffy's career when she has taken 
patriotic songs and put her own spin on them. Of course, the most prominent of these is My Country, Tis of Thy People, You're Dying, which, of course, uses My Country, Tis of Thee. In her 2008 release, Running for the Drum, Buffy provided a different contextual setting for the song America the Beautiful, in which she celebrates the indigenous presence on the continent. There were cliff towns in Colorado, pyramids in Illinois, trade roads up and down the Mississippi River to see. America, oh, she's like a mother to me. St. Marie turned 80 years old. Remember at the very beginning of this episode, we heard the title track from Buffy's first recording in 1964, It's My Way? Well, more than 50 years later, she released an extraordinary album called Power in the Blood, which signaled a new powerful voice and which has inspired so many of her fans. One of the tracks on that recording is a reimagining of the song It's My Way. My respect, admiration, and profound gratitude for this artist knows no bounds. Long may you thrive, dear Buffy. I got my own prayers, I got my own fears, I got my own tears, and it's my way. Dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. 
I'm Daniel Gundlach.